From the studios of Teeing It Up in the Swamps of Jersey, this is Teeing It Up with Jeremy Schilling for June 5th. Monday, June 5th, golf's longest day, U.S. Open sectional qualifying. No, Kyle, you will not have to listen to me talk about that. Um, <laughs> this is Teeing It Up on a 63-degree and cloudy day in the swamps. We welcome you inside after Game 2 of the NBA Finals. Um, and we are now joined by our friend Kyle DeManincourt to talk about the NBA and some other things. First of all, hello, Kyle. Hey, Jeremy. How's it going? Uh, second of all, uh, I was so pumped to talk about this with you. I've been looking forward to talking about this with you for a while. Um, super pumped. We all waited for this. But I feel like the wine tour you did with your girlfriend, Alicia, this weekend may be more exciting than the first two games of this series. Would you prefer to talk about that? You know, if I can remember <laughs> the wine tour, I talk about it. Uh, there's a, there's some fuzzy parts in between, um, but the game I remember. <laughs> I can tell you that much. <laughs> Happy birthday to your wonderful girlfriend. Um, Thank you, uh, dude. What's happening here? I mean, I was so pumped, and game one happens, and they're letting Durant run right down the lane, and. Game two happens, and Steph goes off, and they start making threes from everywhere and start making these perimeter shots. And Dude, what's happening? Yeah, I mean, I look, we knew on paper how talented Golden State was. Obviously, we've seen it through you know the Western Conference portion of the playoffs. And we get the finals that we've wanted and thinking, you know, it's not going to be like it was. And, and I, you know, personally, I thought Cleveland would come out and take game one. I just felt, you know, Golden State has a tendency at times to be a little stagnant, um, get a little complacent, and I thought it'd be a good time for Cleveland to steal a game, and I mean, I was completely wrong, obviously. Uh, and, you know, I thought, of course, all right, Cleveland will make adjustments for game two. They won't turn it, over, turn it over as much. They'll, you know, play some better defense, shoot the ball a little more efficiently, and I was wrong again. <laughs> so I don't know what they can do, uh, what answers they have right now in the Gold State. They, it's a wrecking ball. I mean, I don't think we've ever seen a team like this in NBA history, and I'm saying that, you know, how I am with Jordan and the Bulls, but, you know, the talent on the floor for Golden State, I mean, they can just spread you out and hurt you in so many ways, and Cleveland's not built to stop a team, especially defensively. Now, they can score, obviously. We've seen Cleveland can score, but when they get down by that much, it's kind of impossible to climb out of that hole. Well, and the other part about that, too, Kyle, is that, they played better, Cleveland did in game two. And it didn't make any damn bit of difference. No, absolutely. They started the, you know, started much better. Um, they, they obviously had a little deficit early on, but they closed that gap at halftime. Uh, you know, LeBron looked pretty good. Kyrie, uh, Kyrie struggled a little bit, but, you know, Kevin Love at least came around in game two, uh, shot the ball better. They got a little bit more production from the bench. Kyle Corver actually scored. Um, Channing Fry got some minutes, so... They were looking pretty good, and then, you know, second half came around, and it's almost, if you wonder if it's just fooled gold in that first half, if, if Golden State just how hard they're really playing, if they're really locked in. Then you see that second half when they're truly locked in, and it's, it's, pretty, it's pretty amazing to watch, um, but it's also like, wow, we, we were hoping for a little bit more competitive series so far. Now, again, two games, you know, LeBron has a tendency, first couple games of the finals, they get blown out, and we saw that last year, and look what happened, so... Anything's possible, obviously. Of course, this isn't last year's Golden State team. Uh, but again, 
you can't just completely say it's going to be a sweep, but the way it's going, you also can say that. You just kind of don't want to bet against LeBron still. It's weird. Um, it's weird because both teams are so talented. It's weird because we thought that this would be competitive and that the addition of a, of, of a Corver, um, the addition of some pieces for Cleveland uh, could make this more even during um, Williams obviously had been playing well in the playoffs. And I think a lot of people thought that Kevin Durant might be a little iffy off some rest and nerves. Instead, Kevin Durant's been the best player on the floor, and they can't stop him. No, you're right. And I, that was my biggest thing coming into the series was how not even so much about Durant with the uh, rust and rest. I don't really, I'm not a big believer in that whole theory. Um, more so from a pressure standpoint. I mean, Durant, we wanted to see him on a big stage, and, I mean, he has not let down at all. I and mean, he's not only killing him in the offensive end, but defensively, he's been a force. I mean, he, you know, Kurt put him at center last night, center, and the small ball lineup just absolutely killed the Cavs. I mean, you have Durant blocking shots, leading a break with Curry at the other end. It's, it's pretty impossible to defend. And, you know, got to give up to Durant. I mean, obviously, you know, he took a lot of flack, and maybe rightfully so, you know, coming to the Warriors. But at the same time, you know, no one's second-guessing that now. I mean, he made his decision, and now he's two games away from winning his first-ever finals, which, say what you want about his legacy and chasing a ring, but at the end of the day, he, he might have a ring. You might, and, and um, we'll get to that in a second. One of the things that I was looking for um, in this series, we talked about this last week on Teeing It Up, was Steph Curry. Steph Curry um, was obviously injured last year. Steph Curry um, was at that point where I think you know he had played better in the second half of the year. He had made some shots, but he wasn't the guy for Golden State during um, their playoff run. It, it had really been a team effort. And these first two games have really been the Steph Curry that we've come to expect last night, obviously, with the moves on LeBron that will go down in history forever. But he's really both driving to the basket and then pulling up and shooting threes. This is the Steph Curry from two years ago. Oh, no doubt about it. And, of course, you know, playing with a guy like Kevin Durant, obviously that helps. I mean, everybody, you know, that's stated in the obvious. But it's like you said, he wasn't healthy last year. And people who look at that finals and say, oh, you know, Kyrie bested uh, Curry. Yeah, he did, but... You know, you're not talking about 100% Curry. He was obviously not himself. He was probably, he was definitely physically drained, mentally chasing the 73 wins. I'm sure that it has a toll. It takes a toll on you. And you see this year when he's healthy, and I mean, he's locked and lowered. He's feeling good. I mean, he's, he's hitting threes, like you said. He's pulling up from 25, 26 feet. He's got the shake and bake going with his ball handling. I mean, everything's clicking right now for him. And he had triple-double. I think it was the first time in NBA history you know, two teams, uh, two players from opposing teams had a triple double in the same game. You know, uh, with LeBron and, and Curry last time. I mean, for Curry to get ten rebounds, you know, I, I don't know how. So, to be honest, I mean, is, is Kyrie not even trying to box out? Is he not trying to to chase after him? I don't know. Kyrie's never been known for his defense, which is, in my opinion, why he's not going to ever be a top ten player in the league as far as his overall game goes. Because I just I can't put a guy who plays one way basketball in there, but. Curry just looks locked in right now, and you know the scary thing is Clay kind of got it going a little bit last night, but he still hasn't found his rhythm, and, and Draymond is just doing what he has to do. I mean, if Clay gets truly locked in, forget about it. 
you know, um, there's so much to get to. Let's get to the defense for a second. Where, look, Iman Shumpert's supposed to be a defensive specialist. He's been lost. J.R. Smith, who played so well last year, has just been god-awful and has had stupid fouls, especially on Steph Curry. They let them waltz down the lane in Game 1 because they were so concerned about outside shots. Where are these defensive lapses happening? Is it defensive lapses, or is it Golden State too good? I think it's a combination of both. I think the way the Warriors can move the ball, when they have so many guys that can create and so many guys that can beat you, especially off the dribble, is you almost can't leave anybody open, and that's the trouble. Is you leave a guy like Durant open, he's going to be kill you. But if you if you're locking down the paint, guys are going to create and find the open guy anyway. So there's really really not much you can do. But also, Cleveland's never been known for their defensive energy and their efficiency. I mean, we saw it all year. That was the biggest question mark, and people assume by the way they played in the Eastern Conference that all was corrected, but. This is the Eastern Conference. This has been the same Eastern Conference for the past seven, eight years. Um, there's no parity, really. I mean, to be, to be frank, I mean, there's there's been no real competition for LeBron in the Eastern Conference these past seven, eight years. So when they get to play a team like Golden State, who's in historical ter- historic territory, basically there is no defense. So I think, you know, Cleveland, do they have to pump it up a little bit more on defense? Absolutely. I think playing at home would definitely be a huge help. Kyrie needs to play a lot better on defense and offense. And, you know, they just have to find a way to, to, to crash the board. I mean, there's too many second-chance points for Golden State. Um, talking to Kyle DeManicor here about the NBA Finals. Um, PJ Carlissimo was on ESPN Radio as I drove home, and um, he was basically saying that he was surprised that they didn't post up more with LeBron and drive more to the basket in the second half of Game 2 last night, which I agreed with. Um do you think that was Golden State taking it away? Do you think LeBron got tired and, and started just chucking shots and, and the others started chucking shots because he because they need to get back in transition, which is PJ's theory? What do you why do you think LeBron stopped posting up and, and, and got away from all that? Yeah, I definitely think fatigue obviously plays a role. I mean he's clearly tired, he's doing so much out there. But again, you know, LeBron, yeah, he's a, he's a physical specimen. He's not known for his post play. Yeah, can he get down there and play? Absolutely, but he doesn't want to get down there and play. Otherwise, he'd be doing it like you said every play. He's just not a post player. He'd rather stay at the top of the key, create off you know off the dribble, find an open player, or just create in his own and, and take it to the rim. But you know what you're seeing with a little different with LeBron. He's not attacking as much as he used to. You know, not attacking the rim, and and we all know he struggled from the free throw line. He has for his whole career. We don't know if that plays a part in his head mentally. I believe Tom Tom uh, Haberstraw from uh, ESPN did a great article a couple weeks ago about the, the free throw woes of LeBron over his career. He, he broke it down perfectly, but you know maybe that's in LeBron's head. He, he's afraid to go to the free throw line. Um, but it, when you get down so much, your whole game plan gets thrown out the window. You kind of just have to improvise. It's hard to improvise against the Warriors. Um, yeah, and it's, it's, it's hard. So, alright, give me a reason to believe that this will get better. What do they have to do? What do, what does Cleveland have to do to get this, you know, turned around? Because here's the other thing. Draymond Green hit three threes last night when they kept giving him that shot. Durant went 33-13-6. Curry, obviously, 32-10-11. Clay Thompson woke up and got 22 points. Who do you take away? What do you do? Or do you try to win in a shootout? 
I think you try winning a shootout, personally. I mean, I know you could say you want Cleveland to slow the game down, but that's pretty hard to do against Golden State. They kind of dictate pace, but you just hope that Cleveland will feed off the crowd. You basically just have to outwork Golden State. I mean, energy, you can't teach energy and effort. You know, that's just something that has to come from within, and Cleveland's going to really have to bring extra energy and effort and get every loose ball, get all those 50-50 balls, everything, and, and win those battles and just hope that it translates over to the actual game with, you know, getting a second chance points, defending off turnovers, creating in the open floor. Uh, but again, you know, you think the home crowd will help. I think it will. I think Cleveland will definitely come out with that sense of urgency, obviously. Um, but, it, you know, if it's close at halftime, you got to worry if you're Cleveland again because Golden State we've seen so far in the first two games, they have that second level they can hit. And once they get to that, I mean, you can't stop them. It's, it's crazy. It's just crazy. We are talking to Kyle DeManicor about the NBA Finals. Um, one of the things that's been really surprising uh, to me as we've gone forward uh, has been the play of Clay Thompson. He is waking up. He, he arguably, I would say, had the most pressure on him um, of anybody um, on, 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 on the Warrior team because of his struggles. And we said coming in that some guys might, you know, um, uh, have to change their roles because of Kevin Durant. And, right. and and Clay's obviously had that struggles in the playoffs. Why do you think his play has improved? Is it because of something he's done in this series? Is it because he's making shots? He was 8-12 last night. Or is it just one of those things where, you know, it's just bound to come around eventually? Just based on a track record, he's bound to come around. I mean, again, he's not getting as many shots as he has in previous years. Um, you know, it, it could be a mental thing, but he, he's also exerting so much energy on defense, you know, chasing around Kyrie, uh, that maybe, you know, his, his offensive game isn't there. But again, they don't, really need, they don't really need his offensive game to be there. He's doing the things that aren't showing up in the box score. And, you know, I'm sure he wants to score the ball. I mean, that's that's what he's known for, putting the ball in the basket. But I also think that if they keep winning, I don't think he really cares as long as they get that ring. Yeah, which is the last question I'm going to ask you. So I'm going to move that aside and come back to it. Um, I forgot the question that I was going to ask. Uh, yes, Shumpert. I read today that, that that the Cavs are considering putting him into the starting lineup. Please explain that to me. Desperation. Uh, they're doing anything they can to try to find some kind of something that works. Maybe Shumper can bring that defensive energy that they're looking for. Um, he has a history of it. Uh, he can, you know, knock down the occasional three. He won't hurt you in many ways. So maybe they're just looking for some kind of you know consistency from that position. But it's more of a desperation play, in my opinion. Is there anything they can do? Because obviously Richard Jefferson had a great finals last year. Channing Fry had a good playoff run last year. Is there anything they can do, or is it hoping for a Draymond suspension, God forbid an injury, um, foul trouble by somebody? Yeah, I think it's all those things. You're, you're, you're looking for anything. I mean, you hate to say, like you said, an injury, a suspension. I mean, you hope the refs don't change the way they're calling the games, but maybe some kind of spark. I don't know, maybe the home crowd will spark them, but, you know, at this point, you're not going to, the production off the bench is what it is. I mean, it's an older bench older players, and it's hard to keep up with the Warriors, so I think they're grasping for air right now. I mean, anything they can get, they'll take. Talking to Kyle DeMann and Carr. All right, this is, um, this is a, 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 a weird question, so just bear with me, okay? Um, 
obviously, I think in the minds of NBA fans, if Kevin Durant wins a finals, it'll be different than if he had won it with the Thunder, right? I, th- I think that's a fair statement. So the next step here becomes what is, I, I, I think in some people's eyes, horrible playoffs, super teams, whatever, becomes his future. We now have the LeBron model, which is you go to Miami, you team up, you get your titles, and you go back um, home if you want to. Where does Kevin Durant, is there a chance that Kevin Durant essentially says this is too easy, too good, I'll do this for three years and then move on? Is it like does that make sense to you? Yeah, I mean, I have a debate with my my buddies today talking about you know the era that we're in yeah. basketball. That now you need almost four super players to win a championship, and how it's changing the game and how it's killing ratings. And you know, it's funny ratings are actually up right now. I mean, from last year, if you look at the numbers yeah. for you know finals and game two numbers were up. But um, and I was telling my buddy, you know. You got to look at today's NBA fan, younger generational player, younger younger fan. Uh, in today's social media age, they just like having super teams. They like having these all star players on one team where they can get the highlight reels. They can, you know, play with them in their video games. Like, it's just it's a new era of basketball with a new fan. I mean, you know, and the NBA is not going to care one way or another. They can say that they do, but let's be honest, it's all about money. And right now, with sponsorships and TV contracts. They're making more money than they ever have, and so are the players. So I don't think they're going to complain. It's just going to happen. You're just going to start having more and more stars joining together, and some of them might have to take a pay cut. But if that's what they want to do to win a ring, that's what's going to happen on the NBA. So we'll see what they do to try to curb that. I know the new CBA has tried to to limit that a little bit, but it'll be interesting to see going forward what happens with with Durant, with LeBron, with all these with Chris Paul, where these guys are going to end up. Well. W- don't you think LeBron stays in Cleveland forever? I think I don't think he's going anywhere unless right. he really does want to. Unless he really does want to play with you know Melo, Wade, Paul. But I mean, let's be honest: is that going to win a championship? I don't. Know. And not. where can you do I, that? Time, that? But yeah, but by the time they get together, probably not. So I think for his own legacy, if Bron were to leave Cleveland again, <laughs> I don't know if he personally could take that. I mean, that that mental exhaustion of dealing with it in the press. I mean that. I think he should just stay where he is and just continue to build and just continue yeah. to dominate the East. Um, I was going to say something before and I forgot what it was, um, which is my fault for f- uh, uh, forgetting it. I I just don't. I think this is a, a fluky thing because one injury, just like the suspension last year, changes everything. But I I, I just it's a shame. It's a shame that it's the haves and the have-nots, and it's a shame that we're going to be looking at um, Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant had the right to do what he did. I hate that he did it because it, right. it, 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 it created more of a have and a have-not. I do think there's a redemption angle here that will come eventually. I just hate the fact that we're here, and I don't know if you're, you know, your Bulls, the Celtics, the Knicks... Um, the Spurs who are aging, even if they get Chris Paul. Like, I don't see how anybody takes on the Warriors in this form, right? I, I, I just I, I just think that every season could come down to hoping for bad things to make yeah, it more no, you're, even. You're, you're right. You're absolutely right. And that's the issue that we're facing right now is 
you know, unless these guys decide they want to go somewhere else and be the face of the team, this is what we're looking at for the next several years. And, you know, again, maybe if Chris Paul goes to the Spurs and they get somebody, you know, Paul and Kawhi and maybe Paul George. I, I mean, I don't know if there's yeah. so many what-ifs and so many, you know, hypothetical situations, but... Here's the point that I was going to make. This is what we're looking at now. And here's the point that I was going to make too, Kyle. If these guys are willing to take less money, there's nothing you can do about it. You can give the guy $400 million. They are not going to do it. Right. And if it's love of the game in a negative way, if you love the game so much that you'll go somewhere and um, play with somebody for less money because you want to win and you're making enough money anyway that... 210 versus 185 isn't a big deal to you. There's nothing they can do. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, that's the issue with the NBA today. Hopefully we don't have to worry about that. But, man, I don't know. I think what, what we're seeing now is what we might be seeing for the next 5, 10 years. Any wineries you want to recommend from your wine tour this weekend? Whew, well, I mean, we had about 20 of them. 20? <laughs> what were you doing, dude? <laughs> They were all pretty good. I don't, I'd recommend the entire region. To be honest. <laughs> I hope that 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 your wonderful girlfriend had the best weekend because twenty wineries in a weekend is a lot. Oh, absolutely, it is. <laughs> you guys must love wine. I mean, that's the only thing I can successfully yep. deduce from this. That's exactly it. Uh, Kyle DeManincourt talking the NBA and wine because why not? <laughs> wine not. That's the cheesy line of the day from Jay Shell. Um, <laughs> very last thing what was your prediction before and and your new prediction is this a sweep no I had Warriors in 6 going into the series I think I don't think we're going to see a sweep I think if anything maybe Warriors in 5 I think they get lazy for a game and, and again this is still LeBron James you're not going to just you know push that aside I think he's still capable of getting a game even against this Warriors team but again anything can happen like last year so you got that right. Um, Kyle DeManicourt, thanks for coming on Teeing It Up as always, and let's hope for a much better next yeah, several Thank games. Or up. else, I'm just going to have you on, you know, to talk wineries. Yeah, we could do that too. Okay. <laughs> All right. You'll become the Teeing It Up wine expert. Sounds great to me. That's Kyle DeManicourt. Thanks for listening to Teeing It Up, everybody. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye.